Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome back to The Ralph Report. Brand new show for you for a Thursday. It is August 22nd. So happy to have you joining us today. We got a great goddamn show today. Because on the counter, you want to know why? I'll tell you why. First of all, it's Thursday. That means Ralph Sex University. The fascinating topic of CBT, Oof. cock and ball torture. That's right. You heard me. Damn it. We're talking about dudes who like to have their nads messed with. As you can imagine, this is uh, a, a phenomenon in the bondage discipline sadomasochistic community, the BDSM crowd. And we'll tell you all about it, what kind of guys like it, what what they get out of it, and and, of course, how to do it if you want to try it at home. We'll Mm-mm. give you all those helpful tips as well. Uh, what else we got going on? All the usual stuff. We got your entertainment news. We've got uh, your uh, This Day in History. Real good one today. Uh, I, of course, am your podcast pal, Ralph Garman. Sitting here in the Batcave with me is the vice host himself, Eddie Pineapple Pence, as we're now calling him. <laughs> hey, everybody. Everybody very <laughs> pleased with Eddie yesterday. Sure they are. <laughs> not eating the pineapple and uh <sighs> yeah next week's a new week that's right that's what we gotta look at it as it's next and somebody week. said why does it have to be like a week can't it be just be like five in a row over two weeks no no we're not playing that game we're not gonna suck all the air out of the room and everybody just kind of gets deflated over the weekend no, well, and then we gotta ramp it back up <laughs> well, on a monday or tuesday technically i had four in a row thursday friday then monday tuesday yeah and then pineapple fucked us. Yeah. Pineapple and fish eggs. Well, you had right. four out of five the previous week as well. That's right. Fish eggs screwed it. So, you know, you're, that's, so it's that's like meaningless. Six, six out of eight. It's not bad. No, you're the Buffalo Bills of of eating. You keep going <laughs> to the big game, and then you keep screwing the pooch. So I don't want to hear about four in a row. The goal is five in a row. That's the promise we've made to America. It's a commitment, and I, I have to see it through. Next week. All right, we got a lot to talk about, uh, but before we get anywhere, since it is Thursday, and Thursday is Ralph Sex University Day here on the Ralph Report, thanks to everybody in the Garmy who sent me this story, especially because we're talking about that cock and ball torture, mm. but this is a different kind of animal. This particular fetish is not the same thing as CBT. I think most gentlemen who enjoy CBT would not want to be on the receiving end of this story, but so many people are interested in it, I wanted to talk about it. This is about a gentleman named Gary Van Ricewick. He is 74 years old, and he got into a little trouble with authorities this week. Turns out he made a 911 call and then hung up. And when that happens, often the uh, authorities will show up to your house just to check on you to see why that 911 call was aborted. And that's what they did with Gary. Again, 74 years old. They got to his home and knocked on the door, and they said, did you make a 911 call, sir, and then hang up? He said, yes, I did. And I will uh, now read from the statement from the Highlands County Sheriff's Department as they describe what they found on the scene. By the way, any guesses before I even get started as to what state this took place in? Florida. Well done. It is a Florida man (laughs) who turns out was trying to help a buddy out when things went wrong. Here's the Highland County's Sheriff's Department statement. This one is a little, let's just say, sensitive. It starts out. You could even say it's kind of (laughs) nuts. They got to Gary's house and he told the deputy that he had just performed a castration on another man. Deputies found the man on the bed with a towel over his groin, which, as you can imagine, was bleeding heavily. Oh, what the? Nearby, there was a pink container. No, no, no. Which held two body parts, in the words of the sheriff. That had been recently much closer to the victim. The victim was taken to the hospital and then was later flown to a regional medical center. And according to sources, the victim is in stable condition. Now let's talk about Gary Van Ricewick, 74 years old. Gary 
had made a makeshift operating room in his own house. No, no, no. Complete no. with medical equipment and painkillers, and more importantly, a camera to record the procedure. <sighs> now, what was this all about? Yes, please tell me. Gary told the investigators he had met the other man. They call him a victim. I don't know about that. Mm. On a dark web castration fetish website called eunuch.com. Now, in all fairness, Gary was not new to this world. He uh, told authorities that he had performed castrations on animals. And wait a minute. He had even removed one of his own testicles in 2012. <laughs> Why do you keep telling the story? Just stop telling the story. That's commitment, by the way, on Gary's part, oh, I think. You know what? Damn it. I'm going to make sure I know what I'm doing. Let me take one of my own balls oh, and see if I can just figure this whole procedure out. He's a consummate out. pro. He really, he really is. is. Oh, my God. He admitted he had also done a similar procedure on a man in a local motel a few years ago, but that turned out pretty much like this one. Unfortunately, he couldn't remember the other man's name. <sighs> the man went to the hospital, but law enforcement was not notified, apparently. Now, Gary has been booked on suspicion of felony practicing medicine without a license resulting in bodily injury. That is a second-degree felony. His bond has been set for $250,000. I don't think he's going to be able to raise that. He'll probably be in the Hooskow <laughs> for some time to come. <laughs> the sheriff closed out the statement by saying, I guess you could say Van Ryswick had dropped the ball on this one. <laughs> I'm glad they're having a good time <laughs> there at the Highland County Sheriff's Department drafting this statement. Oh. But, uh, yeah, the eunuch fetish, the castration fetish, is a real thing that there are guys who get a sexual charge out of a fantasy of having their balls removed, of being castrated. But that's only one time. It's a one-shot deal. It is pretty much a one-time deal. That's true. And there are other people who get off on doing the castration, a la Gary. <laughs> 74-year-old Florida man. How do you know it's your fetish when you can only do it one time? Because the fantasy gets so compelling that you feel the need to actually act it out, to make that dream a reality. And Ooh. so Gary and his pal met up over eunuch.com, and mm -hmm. they said, he said, come on over. God damn it. I got me a steak knife and, some, and a bag of frozen <laughs> peas. I got everything I need right oh. here. Just stretch out. Fuck. Now, I just wanted to talk about that story because this has nothing to do with CBT. I mm. guess it's the ultimate extension of that oh. fetish. But the people, you'll find out when we start talking about it, uh, who enjoy CBT, they're, they're not uh, castration fetishists at all. Okay. It's a different, Thank, thanks different for thing. taking all that time to clear it up. Yeah. I hope your, uh, <laughs> your testicles will uh, come back out of your body. Nope. By the end of the show, so we, my, can, so we can talk about the They're up by my nipples well. right now. <laughs> so thanks to everyone who sent me that story, uh, <laughs> thinking that is somehow related to today's topic. God. But in fact, it is a different uh, kind of thing. Oh, that's awful. Uh, speaking to you guys, oh. God damn it, you're the best. I love it when you guys reach out, when you uh, either write us an email like many of you did about this story, or whether you reach out on social media, or especially when you leave your voicemail messages. What a great batch we have today. You know, I listen to them all. And then what I do is I grab a handful of them and I put them here at the top of the show. It's so easy to leave me a voicemail message. All you have to do is dial up the Ralph Report hotline. You know the phone number by now, 1-833-HI-RALPH. That's probably what that guy sounded like when he was <laughs> when Gary was hacking at his nuts. You look like you were getting castrated yeah. when you said that. <laughs> that's, what, that's what that guy was doing. Oh. Um, yeah, we are, uh, did I give the date yet? Did I say it was? Yes, you did. Just 22nd? I'm just thinking yeah. about that guy getting his nuts taken off. Uh, we love when you leave your voicemails. Everybody did a good, uh, I gotta say, there was a ton of them today. Oh, I bet. A lot of them had to do with a particular fruit. Oh, oh so We'll get to that in a moment <laughs> with a segment we call Garmy on the Line. The telephone is ringing. Tobin called in earlier in the week. We were talking about the fact that my good pal Kevin Smith was taking over the He-Man Masters of the Universe universe. Yeah. And he was going to continue on with an animated series on Netflix that carries on with the characters and storylines from the original animated series. Tobin was very excited and he is just hoping 
that one of his favorite characters will be revisited as well. Ralph, Eddie, I uh, just heard you guys talk about uh, He-Man and uh, you know Kevin taking it over. Oh, just Tobin Redondo, by the way. But uh, I can't tell you how excited I am for the possibility of uh, you know an underserved character from the He-Man canon that I think with Kevin will finally get its due. Mm-hmm. And his name? Yeah. Is Fisto. Fisto. Yeah, Fisto. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what you think it is. The guy's a giant fist. Hashtag free Fisto. LMB. <laughs> free Fisto. Fisto. I'm not familiar with the character of Fisto. Oh. But I'm sure Kevin, given an opportunity, will find a way to work Fisto <laughs> once again into the story of Masters of the Universe. We also heard from Professor Pringles Can. Uh, the reason he got that particular name is he's a, a frequent a visitor of Hollywood Babylon as well. Yes. And we've talked to him and his girlfriend several times when they're, it might be his wife, I don't know, his lady in the audience. And she let us in early on in one episode that he is approximately the size of a Pringles can oh, when it comes to his penis. Really? Yes. Wow. And I don't care if anyone thinks this is odd. I would like to see that. I want to see it. Yeah, I would I would take a look. So uh, <laughs> I would take a look. We may be in luck. Because it sounds like Professor Pringles can maybe coming to the live Ralph Report show. Oh. He called in to talk about that. As you know, all you four-star generals, you have a special pre-sale code this week. You can buy your tickets early before they go on sale to the general public next week, starting on the 26th. And you can get VIP tickets or the general seats. Hey, Ralph. Professor Pringles can here. Uh, I have a question about the live show. Uh, since the Army, aren't all tickets general seating? I'll see myself out. General seating, because they're all generals. Big Dick Anderson's a See, he's got everything. <laughs> I think I'm in love. Well, yesterday was a dark day on the Ralph Report. Mm. We were uh, we had so much momentum going into the week. And, uh, you know, our goal for the week was to get five days in a row, Monday through Friday, of Eddie Pence actually eating the things that we brought <laughs> up. And we hit a bit of a pothole yesterday, a little bit of a snag, when it turns out that Eddie would not eat pineapple and we we're talking about that because yesterday was the anniversary of hawaii becoming the 50th state i was surprised many of you were surprised but i think al who called in has the right perspective on the whole thing hey ralph hey eddie al Prado from altadena as much as i would love to have the perfect week and i was pulling for it as much as anybody else was although i'm already a four-star channel so maybe i'm gonna go to five or get two four-star uh, subscriptions Anyway, as much as I wanted that to happen, I have respect for the two of you for being honest. Ralph, for not pulling something like sugar out of the Hawaii thing, which right. is you could have gone or I any other of the Hawaii things you mentioned. And Eddie, my man, for being honest and upfront. So uh, respect for that, my friend. Love you guys. Mean it. Bye. See, that's the way to look See, at it. There you go. That's the way to look at it. Unfortunately, <laughs> not everybody looked at it that way. <laughs> there was Josh. He was one of the original callers who said if Eddie could yes. accomplish this feat, he would upgrade to a four-star generalship, and he called in before the reveal because he was so excited and so optimistic about oh, what was about man. to happen. Okay, this is Josh from Fresno. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm call- I stopped the show because I heard today's uh, food is pineapple, Yes, and I just want to stop. I want to call you guys and be like, I'm feeling pretty good. So I'm going to call you back. After I listen to the rest of this, okay, and we'll see how it goes. All right. I'm feeling good. Three for three. Uh, Let's do this. All right. Oh. Yeah. Josh did call back, in oh. fact, right after the reveal. Oh, don't. Oh. <laughs> Eddie! You bitch! <laughs> oh, you made me laugh so fuck. hard. Oh, I, that was such a snapshot in time. <laughs> some people weren't even bothered so much by Eddie not eating the pineapple. It was some of the reasons he gave for not eating it. One of them being <laughs> the pineapple as a fruit hurts when you grab it. It hurts you when you grab it? Oh, you, you That's right. <laughs> That's a physical threat against your bodily harm. <laughs> Some bodily harm threatened against you there by that gentleman. All over pineapple. 
Woo. Oh my god. I, uh, I felt really bad, but I had to be honest. But I felt no, cruel. Of I course. tried. We could have fudged it, but I didn't want to do that. No, you had to do what you did. That was my reaction. Uh, I, I think we have to understand that uh, moving forward. <laughs> uh people are still calling in about torturous names they had to endure during their youth. Lauren, man, Lauren's got a bad one because not only did it last her entire childhood, but then it shifted gears well into her adulthood. She oh. got she got a, a, a double a daily double of this kind of abuse. Hi, Ralph. This is Lauren, one star general calling from Jacksonville. Um, I got a last name for you uh, that to this day I still get still get laughed at for. Um, my last name is Coochie. Coochie. Oh. Yep, Coochie. Oh. So when you're a little kid, you get Coochie, coochie, coo. Mm -hmm. Your whole, all through elementary school, all through middle school. And then we all grew up. And then the word coochie became something entirely different. Yeah. Now when I go out or introduce myself, everyone just kind of looks and they laugh and they go, is that really how it's felt? It's even adults still make fun of me for it. Yeah. So thanks for everything you guys do and lick my balls. Bye. Lick your coochie, more importantly. <laughs> Thank you, Lauren Coochie, oh. for calling in. Yeah, coochie's never going away. No, that's bad for young ones and old you're ones. Not, you're, not, no. you're not outgrowing that. No. that that's going to stay with you forever. <laughs> it evolves with you. Coochie, it does. yeah. <laughs> Everywhere, work, meeting people at a party. This is my friend, Lauren Coochie. What happened now? Excuse me? Yeah, sorry. You can't introduce yourself to a group of kids. No. Because they're going to go, oh. Everyone. It's everybody. Sorry. So all ages. <laughs> <laughs> Bob called in. Now we know the kind of person who gets evil joy out of mocking someone's name. Bob's sister just got married, and he thinks uh, her new last name's hilarious. Hey, Ralph. It's Bob, three-star general here. I'm calling because people have been uh, talking, sharing, sharing stories about how uh, people use their names, uh, you know, to torture them. You know, your your Ralph Mouth story. Anyway, mm -hmm. I have one to add to that with a with a bit of a twist, uh, my sister recently got remarried and her new last name is an Italian name. And it just so happens that that Italian name has a Spanish word equivalent meaning big fart. <laughs> yes, her Italian name is Spanish for big fart. Wait, it gets better. And she's a middle school teacher yes. here in Southern California. Yes. And her students, there's a large number of Hispanic kids sure. at her school yes oh so no. as you can imagine she is entering into this school year with a certain amount of dread <laughs> so anyway it's bad for her but luckily for her she's two semesters away from retirement but also it is a massive source of amusement for me her pain in the ass brother so that's it ralph LMB. Mrs. Big Fart. Mrs. Big Fart. So I looked it up. I had to know. Apparently, uh, Gran Pedo. Gran Pedo <laughs> is Spanish for Big, big fart. fart. So <laughs> I can imagine her Italian oh. name is Gran Pedo or something. And so oh. when the kids hear it at school, she's oh. going to be Mrs. It's big Fart. Been a long two semesters. That's magic. Oh. <laughs> and then lastly, another name call came in from RJ, who I think doesn't just quite understand how this whole thing works. Hey, Ralph, just wanted to say uh, you guys were talking about that kid calling you names thing last week on the Ralph Sport, and uh, my name's RJ, and the kids would call me things like, hey, dipshit. So, <laughs> that sucks. Anyway, LMB. Yeah. I, RJ, I think you may be missing the point. <laughs> it's not you have a name and kids call you names and make fun of you. The, the two have to be connected in some way, but thanks for playing. I appreciate it. And lastly, one of my favorite things about this segment is how things we do on the show catch people's fancy and new recurring segments grow out of it. I think we have a brand new one thanks to yesterday's show. Oh, my God, Ralph. Uh, I just listened to JoJo Seawall getting hit by a trike dart. I'm glad I'm walking the dog in the woods where no one can see me. <laughs> I have tears running down my eyes. I have drool running out of my mouth. That was the best thing I ever heard. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Thank you, sir. I think we may have to hit other celebrities <laughs> with trank darts. I think oh, it may I... be a fam uh, an ongoing 
uh, interest on the show is to hit annoying celebrities Absolutely. with prank darts. If you didn't hear yesterday's show, <laughs> here is a YouTube sensation, Jojo Siwa, uh, the obnoxious girl with the bow in her hair, being hit with a tranquilizer dart. Every single student So if you've got someone you'd like to nominate for being hit with a trank dart, feel free to call into the Ralph Report hotline or drop me an email and uh, we'll see what we can do about that. Woo! Oh, man. Good batch. Thanks, yeah. everybody who participated in today's Garmy on the Line. You, too can be featured on this <laughs> segment, but you got to meet me halfway. You're going to have to call me. Call me. I'm Ralph. It's the number everyone's talking about. Call me right now at one 833 Hi, Ralph. Call me. All righty. Now it's time to take a look in the rearview mirror as we find out what happened on this day in history. Ralph's about to solve another mystery Like is today the day some dude invented Listerine Or maybe a tyrant king married his sister queen Who knows, every day seems to be an anniversary The Garmy's rubbing Ralph's lamp So grant our wishes, please And tell us what went down this day in history I don't want to get anybody's hopes up But I've been in touch with Mike Serber The man who created that uh, jingle And several of our other jingles, actually But the, uh, the in and out for this day in history he lives in Oregon, but he said he may be in town the weekend of really? our live show on September 21st. Oh, I'd love to meet him. I would love to meet him, too, but he has volunteered, if he can work it out, to do the intro to This Day in History live on really? stage. Yes. Oh, that'd be amazing. Which would be amazing. <laughs> and uh, so we're going to try to make that happen. Now, it's not for sure yet, but I just want to let you know we're, it's in the works, so hopefully we'll see that soon. All right, let's find out what happened on This Day in History, August 22nd. Back in 565, St. Columba reported seeing a monster in Loch Ness in Scotland Ooh. and started all the bullshit. That is an old monster. That's an oh, Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a, a really very old, old monster. monster. <laughs> and, and since considering nothing could live that long, can we just stop with the whole Loch Ness monster have thing? Babies. That's how this guy started. Uh, back in 1485, the rise of the House of Tudor. Henry Tudor's forces defeated... English King Richard III during the last battle in the War of the Roses and uh, became King Henry VII. Hmm. That's how they used to have a transition of power back there in good old England. Seems fun. Interestingly enough, Richard III was the last monarch to die in battle because now the rest of them just sit in that big house and have kids. Right. That's all they mm. do. On this day in 1762, the first female U.S. newspaper editor. Got her job in Newport, Rhode Island. The Mercury was the name of the paper. Her name was Anne Franklin. 1762. That's early. The first newspaper editor who was a woman. Good for her. It always surprises me <laughs> how early women can accomplish things and then how long it takes for it to become accepted right. and a norm in society. Yeah. You seem to have this one breakthrough and you'd think that would be the beginning of uh, the, you know, that's the dam breaking and there right. would be many women in those roles. And then of course, she was just a, doesn't the editor and couldn't even vote. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's <laughs> insane. Uh, in 1770, James Cook's expedition landed on the East coast of Australia. And he said, this looks like a good place to put all our prisoners. Let's go back now and get them and put them on here. In 1775, King George III proclaimed the colonies to be an open rebellion. Huh, what was the first clue, George, when they declared war on you? Is that when you knew it? 1848, the United States annexed New Mexico. Much better than old Mexico. Oh, it's brand new, shiny Mexico. All the best people, New Mexico. 1865, William Shepard issued the first U.S. patent for liquid soap. Huh. Think about how long it took us to start using liquid soap, at least to wash our hands. Yeah. But I guess uh, his initial patent was for dishwashing and yeah, that the, kind of thing. Had the old filthy bars with the hairs on them and stuff. Yeah. How can anyone think that was ever a good I idea? I don't know. <laughs> You're putting all your dirt on that and then using it over and over again. Did you share a bathroom with your parents yes. in your house? Yes, I did. I did too. 
and there was one Barfs. bar of soap in the soap dish. Yeah, I would I would put it under the shower to wash it off before I used it. On I myself. did the same thing. I had to. I would scrape sometimes <laughs> mysterious specks or yeah. hairs or things. I would I take my fingernail and just carve something out yeah. of it. I would give the soap the soap a shower before I took a shower. And it never really dawned on me how disgusting oh, that awful. process Filthy. was. Would you ever go and share no. soap with anybody ever again? No. Yeah, we did it regularly as children. It's like sharing a toothbrush. It's insane. <laughs> it's madness. Uh, what else happened on this day? Oh, yeah. 1901, the Cadillac Motor Company was founded. I'm still going to get me a caddy someday. For, when, growing up, that was like the, the sign that of... That was the car. Sign of success and status if you could own a Cadillac. Especially those old Cadillacs, the ones with the giant fins and everything. Yeah. That's a good-looking car. What's so funny? It's just a huge car. It is a huge just car. Just imagine an old Ralph Garman driving around a huge car. Yeah, my dad never had one. We we all coveted Cadillacs in my family. We never had a Cadillac. We had a Bonneville that was pretty fucking huge. And my grandfather lived to be 96, and he finally got one when he turned like 90. He drove Buicks his him. whole life, and they got one. That was his last car that he had was a Cadillac. Good for him. Yeah. He earned it. <laughs> On this day in 1902, speaking of cars, U.S. President Theodore Roosevelt became the first president ever to ride in a car. Hmm. Kind of cool. Yeah. Bully. I like it. Bully. I used to say bully a lot, that guy. <laughs> On this day in 1906, the first Victrola was manufactured. Is that a record player? It was. It was yeah. the crank up yeah, the uh, crank record up player with the big uh, horn yeah. for the speaker on top yeah, of it. Yeah, with a needle you'd set down on top. The Victor Victrola. That's yeah. why it was called the Victrola. The company was called the Victor, and then eventually they merged with RCA to become RCA Victor. Uh. But I can't imagine it was much good to anybody because. I can't imagine there were any records to play on the Victrola, were there? I don't worry. You're not, you're not making records for a thing that doesn't exist yet. That's the Victrola true. had to come first before you start playing shit. So you <laughs> yeah. got a Victrola. What are you playing <laughs> so on? They're it? waiting. They're coming, trust me. <laughs> All right, we got this. Now someone has to make something I can listen to. Don't worry, we're making records. Seems don't worry. odd to me. In 1952, the penal colony of Devil's Island was finally permanently closed. Do you know much about Devil's Island at all? No. In French Guiana, it was a French penal colony where they put the uh the worst of the worst when it came oh to they prisoners. did a ghost adventurers there i bet they, they did, did. yes course. now i know what you're talking there's about. a movie called papillon starring steve mcqueen and dustin hoffman which is all about a guy who tries to escape from devil's Oof. island and it is terrifying i mean this was the worst prison known to man over sixty thousand men were incarcerated there while it was open. Less than two thousand survived the experience. Fifty-eight thousand people died yes. in that prison. Yes, that's crazy. The only way you could get there was from a cable car, which crossed over a sixty-foot-wide channel between the island and the mainland. And of course, the prisoners always thought they pretty much just let them roam around the island because there was no way to get off. And these guys would think about trying to escape, but the island was constantly surrounded by sharks. Oh, because they would take the dead bodies of the prisoners who died there and throw them into the ocean. So the sharks thought it was like a buffet. It's like chum. So they're constantly swimming around. So you couldn't try to swim off the island oh. for fear of being eaten by sharks. There was a 12 by 12 foot hole with bars on the top that was solitary confinement. It was just open to the weather. So blistering sun, rain, whatever was going on, that's what you dealt oh with. Oh, my God. These were some of the things that were going on there. Yeah, so convicts were shackled day and night outside, and they fell prey to being eaten by rats, army ants, and vampire bats. Oh, this is a nightmare. This is not a place you want to spend any time. <laughs> what else? Listen to that YouTube girl there. Yes. That's, that's JoJo, JoJo there. JoJo there. Uh, on this day in 1956, Elvis Presley began filming his first feature film. Do you know what Elvis's first film was? I don't. It was named after uh, one of his biggest hits that year of 1956. Does that help at all? No. Love me tender Love me sweet Never let me go You have made my life complete And I love you so Love me tender Love me true All my dreams fulfill Oh my darling I love you And I always will 
nice quiver lip. That's perfect. My wife always mocks me. She's like, why when you do Elvis does your lip have to do that? It's like, because that's the Elvis lip. That's why. It's funny. My high school's song was to the tune of Love Me Tender. And I never knew it. I knew both songs, but I just right. never put I'd never put two and two together until years after I'd graduated. It's like, holy shit, our our, our <laughs> school song Love was tender. Love Me Tender. That's ridiculous. <laughs> hail Northeast, hail Northeast, loyal are we from the greatest to the least. Oh, you never put that together? Singing praise <laughs> to the Ding, 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 ding. You look like you're stroking. <laughs> On this day in 1984, the last Volkswagen Rabbit was produced. Mm. The Rabbit was a very popular car for a long yeah. time. On this day in 1986, also Stand By Me was released. That was the feature film based on the novella, of course, by Stephen King, directed by Rob Reiner and starred Will Wheaton, River Phoenix, Corey Feldman, Jerry O'Connell. Great film. Still yeah. one of my favorites. On this day in 1988, Australia unveiled their first platinum coin, the koala. Hmm. Had a koala on it. No, that makes sense. It was a collectible coin. It was a pure platinum, and uh, you could use it as legal tender, but most people held on to it because the value. What of was the value of it? Goes up. It was whatever the face value was. Like a nickel? And it wasn't a nickel. It was like a, it was dollar? Like a dollar coin or oh, something. Okay. But if you saved it as uh, as platinum yeah, so, rose, yeah. it was pure. So it was like bullion. You could just hold on to it, and yeah. people did. On this day in 2004, The Scream. You know the uh, Edvard Munch painting yeah, the, yeah, of the, the painting. screen yeah. That, yeah. from the movie screen yeah. with that mask? That, um, that painting and another one by the same artist named Madonna were stolen at gunpoint from the Munch Museum in Oslo, Norway. And it wasn't returned for, they didn't discover it for uh, two years. They got an anonymous tip, and it was a raid by Norwegian police, and they were able to recover the painting. If no one knew about it, how'd they do it at gunpoint? No, I'm sorry, what happened? You said it was at gunpoint. Yeah, was... they, they, they were stolen at gunpoint. But they didn't know it was stolen. No, they didn't know it was oh. stolen. I said they didn't know what happened to them. Oh, they got away with it. After it was stolen. I see. Two years later, <laughs> I understand now. the police were able to <laughs> hunt them down it. and recover it's the like, painting. Who did they hold up and then take the painting, and then Noah's like, I don't know what they were doing with that gun. I don't know what they wanted. It's an odd place for your mind to go. My mind goes lots of odd places. Uh, by the way, a post- the guy did four of those screen paintings. Yeah. Edvard Munch. Munch. He did uh, four of them. Two, uh, two were painted and two were done in past- pastel uh, crayons, I think. And uh, one of the pastel ones sold years later for $120 million. Holy. I thought you were going to say 1000 I was like, that makes no, sense. No, $120 million. That's ridiculous. And speaking of being rich on this date... In 2018, Forbes magazine said George Clooney made more money in a single year than any other actor ever due to the sale of his tequila company. Well, how is that directly related to an actor? Well, he's an actor. Right. And he made money. But he make money acting. But he's still an actor. That's what he does. That's his job. All right. And so he's the richest actor on record. $239 million is what he earned in the year of 2018. Is that good tequila? Have you had it? It is good tequila. Followed by Dwayne Johnson in second place with $124 million. That's so, acting. This acting's a pretty good racket. <laughs> Especially when you're making tequila. We should get into this, <laughs> I don't, the acting I thing. Try. Apparently, they're pulling down mad coin in this business. I try. They don't want me. Why don't we stop podcasting and start being in movies right, and let's stuff? let's make something. All right. And you know, I saved the food-related days in history for the end. I don't know why. I don't know why we even bother anymore. <laughs> it hurts when I grab it. Um... But I like to see whether Eddie Pence eats the stuff or not. So what I'll do is I'll talk about the food. I'll explain it. In this particular case, maybe too much because I really am a fan of this particular food. And then we will pull the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. If three of the items come up on the reels, there's a big payoff and much rejoicing because it means Eddie eats something. Mm. Or it's just uh, two reels and and nothing and disappointment and sadness and dark days. (laughs) Today's food. In 1950, on this day... Uh-huh. The Hormel Company finally got around to registering the trademark Spam. Now, they had been making Spam since 1937, but they just got around to trademarking the, the word Spam as a brand name on this day in 1950. Spam was developed by the George A. Hormel Company and first marketed, as I mentioned, back in 1937. To distinguish it from other spiced ham products, it was originally Hormel's Spiced Ham uh-huh. They um they had a contest. 
they said, if you can come up with a clever name, you can win a hundred bucks. And so the brother of a Hormel executive said, well, let's call it Spam. And they did. And during World War II, Spam sold more than half of its output to the U.S. government, which gave it to the, uh, the soldiers as rations. It is hugely popular, not only here in the United States, but Spam is also produced in seven other countries as well. Australia, Denmark, the U.K., Japan, Philippines, South Korea, and Taiwan. It's distributed in more than 50 countries. To date, 10 billion cans of Spam have been produced and sold. And it's not just uh, the spiced ham product anymore. And I don't want you to think, Eddie, that Spam yeah. is ham, because it's not. It no. has no texture like ham. It doesn't smell like ham. <laughs> it's it's ham-like meat. It's a unique product <laughs> that uses ham as one of the ingredients, but uh -huh. also uses pork shoulder and spices and sugar and salt and other things. And you can get all different kinds of Spam now. You can get... Uh, Black pepper, black pepper spam, less sodium spam, spam classics, spam chorizo, spam teriyaki, mm. just so many different kinds of spam. So in fact, there was a spam cafe that was opened in the Philippines in 2004. That's a huge hit. You can get spam burger, spam hero sandwich, a spam club sandwich, spam spaghetti, spammed baked macaroni, spam nuggets, spam Caesar salad. What else do they have? Well, there's egg and bacon. Egg, sausage, and bacon. Egg and spam. Egg, bacon, and spam. Egg, bacon, sausage, and spam. Spam, bacon, sausage, and spam. Spam, egg, spam, spam, bacon, and spam. Spam, sausage, spam, 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 bacon, spam, tomato, and spam. Spam, 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 egg, and spam. Spam, 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 bacon, spam, 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 spam. There's no way we're getting out of this bit without doing that, right? <laughs> Some of the first commercials aired on television were for Spam. Richard Lefevre holds the world record for eating Spam, Eddie. In really? 12 minutes. In 12 minutes, how much Spam do you think he ate? 20 cans? Six pounds of what Spam the fuck? in 12 minutes. <laughs> oh, God. But who cares whether Richard eats or not? What we need to know is does Eddie Pence eat some Spam? Now, now I know how he feels about ham with the ghost ham, but Spam <laughs> does not smell like ham. It doesn't taste like ham. It just has ham as a product inside of it. So I don't want that to color anyone's opinion. But here we go. Let's pull the handle of that slot machine and see what happens. Here we go. Yeah, to one spam, two spams. And yeah, I didn't really think no, we had much hope. Shot of that. We had much hope with this one. It's all coagulated in that jar. It's that not in a jar. Can. It's in a can. can. It slides and it's out. Not, <laughs> it's not coagulated. It's just, it's pressed. It's, it's got pressed that, together into a form. It's got, and it, it's got that. It's a spread, though. And then you, you pull it out and you can dice it up or mix it but up. Or, it looks like it's covered in, like, it looks like someone came all over it. It's no, got like that it's got, gelatinous, white, creamy. Because there, there's fat in it. So mm, you need mm, you need to blend that mm, in. You need to mix mm, it in. Mm, you don't eat the gelatinous fat off the mm, top of it. No. So gross. Come on. Have no. you even had Spam? When I was little. You did have My Spam. My brother loved it. I love it, too. I he think it tastes it. great. I, could, I had one bite. Like, ugh. It tastes unlike any other meat out there. Because it's not a meat. <laughs> it's not a meat. It absolutely it's is absolutely meat. It's absolutely not a meat. It's Spam. It's like Frankenstein meat. <laughs> it's just a fucking... Some guy just took fucking everything that was laying on the floor. It's Scrapple. Yeah, it is Scrapple-esque. Oh. That's for sure. So if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, Eddie, oh. you're saying I don't like spam. That's what you're saying. Exactly. Right? All right. Well, Oof. big in Hawaii though. Oh, they it's love huge it. Huge in Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah. You know why? Because it's easy to transport. They used to get yeah, shipments it in it. Because it doesn't there. go bad. And they don't have. It's a, not real. They don't have a lot of room or grazing area for other uh, cattle over there. So yeah. they don't have you know to to bring in fresh meat is really expensive. Oh, yeah. But spam, so you eat, can get it. Eat the fake meat. It's not fake at all. Seems fake. All right, Eddie, we got it. And that's this day in history. I pity the fool who ain't been schooled by Ralph recently. He's dropping college-level knowledge with such accuracy. It got my head spinning faster than a drunk Eddie. And I'm rocking the back and track with a rap like a bad celebrity. I hope Cooperman loves my beats, because that rhymes with LMB. And that's a rap for the Ralph Report today in history. 15 cents a day, y'all. Hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are... Why not subscribe to The Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday? For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? 
go to patreon.com slash the Ralph Report. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash the Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. All righty, now it's time to take a look at all the entertainment news with a segment I call the Showbiz Beat. Well, is this good news or bad news? Matrix 4 is officially greenlit. Keanu Reeves, Carrie Ann Moss, and uh, Lana Wachowski all returning to the project. Lana will be writing and directing the fourth film, and Keanu and Carrie Ann will be reprising their roles as Neo and Trinity, respectfully. Respectively, rather. I don't know if they'll do it respect, respectfully. <laughs> Or whether it's just respect. Well, it's only one of the Wachowskis. The uh, other one's not doing it, right? Right. It's just going to be Lana's on Just Lana. But I'm sure she'll get some help from her sister. I'm sure she will, uh, if she needs, will pitch in. I'm just saying, is this a thing that's good? I don't know. I think they're just trying to latch on all the fame with Keanu right now. But, like, the first Matrix is an amazing film. Yes, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant film. It's definitely been diminishing returns as that series went on. Those other two are garbage. The second one, I was like, eh. But the third one was really not was good. Real bad. And I can't can... imagine where you even go with the storyline at this point because the point was they kind of revealed, they pulled back the curtain yeah. and showed you everything that's there going on. There was a on. truce between the machines and humans. Right. And then Neo got absorbed back into the Matrix. Right. Well, maybe then they do have some room to play with there, I guess. I guess. But how does he come back aged? I don't understand. Oh, that's a good point. Like, it's maybe weird. someone upgrades his code or something. <laughs> Makes him older so one can That's going to be the least of this movie's worries <laughs> about why is Neo older. I don't know. Uh, while we're talking about movies, a lot of people are disappointed by the fact that Sony and Disney have decided to divorce over the character of Spider-Man. Mm. It was announced on Tuesday night that uh, Marvel president Kevin Feige will no longer be a producer on any upcoming Spider-Man projects that have to do with uh, Sony Pictures and the characters that they own. It's a mistake by Sony. Yeah. Or, here's my thought. Yeah. Of course, Kevin Feige is a genius and you want him involved as much as possible in anything that you're working on. But maybe, has has the code been cracked now where they can see the template and say, okay, now I think we have a handle on how to do it. We can move forward with the same actors and the same storyline and the same vibe and we can now do Spider-Man movies. Spider-Man was so ingrained in what the MCU was doing. I mean, Tony Stark basically sacrificed himself to bring Peter Parker back. I think it's worse news for Marvel and Disney yeah. than it is for Sony. I think Sony will be able to move forward with Spider-Man films relatively easily now that they've been given that template. But Marvel's not going to be able to work but Spider-Man back into their universe. But now. Sony can't use any of the storylines that were established with Tom Holland's character. Well, I don't think they have to. They're just gonna throw him in the Venom movie. And the Venom movie wasn't a good movie. It was it made money, but if you watch it's not a good movie. I don't think they're gonna involve Tom Holland's character in anything that has to do with Avengers stuff anyway. They're gonna move forward. They've got J. Jonah Jameson back on board. It's going to yeah, be it's gonna be a know. New York City based Spider-Man character I again. I think it's a mistake. Because that, that franchise was dead until Sony until Disney got its hands on it. They rebooted that franchise. Uh, absolutely. But the Spider-Verse was a great animated film. And, but I just don't know if Sony, I think it's a mistake by Sony. Now, people are spinning it saying Kevin Feige is just too busy because he's got uh, Disney Plus shows that he's overseeing as well as the other Marvel films. But it basically comes down to money. Here's how the deal fell through. Uh, when they made the initial deal to have Spider-Man appear in the Marvel Universe and to have Feige on hand for the Sony Spider-Man films, there was a 50-50 agreement in terms of production of Spider-Man films. Disney and Sony would both pay half the cost to produce it. Right. And then Marvel would receive 5% of the first dollar gross of those films. Okay. That deal has expired, and Disney came back and said, we'll go 50-50 on production, but we want 50% of all the money that the Spider-Man movie makes. Which, I, I, I mean, Disney's had billions of dollars already made this year, but it, they've... they've but if you're Sony, how can you say that's a good idea for you to give up half of the money of your biggest money-making franchise? But it's only a money it was almost impossible for Sony to say yes to that. It was deal. only a moneymaker because of MC of Disney and the MCU. It was dead. Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man was dead, but, and they had to reboot that franchise twice. Yeah, but they have now all the goodwill from this billion-dollar Spider-Man movie now that at their disposal. They're less likely to need Marvel's help now than at any time yeah, prior. But if they turn out if they turn out one stinker with Tom Holland's Spider-Man, it's done. I don't know. Venom made a huge amount of money, and that was a yeah. stinker. 
Dang. Plus, Disney already owned all of the merchandising rights. So Sony was getting no merchandising movie, and now they're being asked to give up 50% of the gross of any movie that they made. With there needs to be a compromise on both sides. I mean, Disney's being greedy, of course, but I, it's for the better of the project that needs to stay with Disney. I, I think with Tom Holland and the team that they have in place, I think they're going to be okay. Now, when, it, when, that, when that runs its course and they go to reboot it yet again, <laughs> then we'll see what happens. <laughs> All right, let's talk about something that's really cheesed me off. This uh, Dancing with the Stars cast was announced yesterday. Yeah. Oh, man. Here's the, here's the thing. Dancing with the Stars is not my kind of show anyway. I don't watch it. But I understand it, and I understand the people that do, and I understand the people who go on it. Largely, these are people on the way up or on the way down in terms of the careers, and they like the exposure because yep. it gets a lot of views. And I understand that. And they release the list of people who are going to be on it. They always have a sports guy on it. So Ray Lewis is going to be on it from the, uh, the linebacker from the Ravens. Sure, he killed a dude, but let's put him on a let's put him on a but reality. He rehabbed show. himself a long time ago. He's won Super Bowls and stuff. Uh, all that actor Kel Mitchell's going to be on hand. My pal Kate Flannery from The Office oh, is nice. going to be on hand. Uh, Christy Brinkley, the model, former Supreme Mary Wilson of Dinah Ross and the Supremes. Uh, Allie Brooke, I got nothing for you there. Uh, Lauren Elena, I think she's a singer. And then Lamar Odom is going to be on hand. <laughs> Really? The guy who almost overdosed in a brothel? This is the guy you want yeah. to put on your dancing show. A uh, guy from Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, uh, Karamo Brown, Hannah Brown, The Bachelorette. That doesn't surprise me. You know, it's ABC crossing, uh, cross-pollinating their shows. James Vanderbeek. And then Sean Spicer has been tapped to be on the cast of Dancing <sighs> with the Stars. And this really cheesed me off. Because here's a guy who lied to the American public day after day and then lost his job at the administration. And now he's rehabbing himself as this cuddly bear of this, this dancing clown. And he's going to be on this television show. And he's likely to earn many hundreds of thousands yeah. of dollars for being on the show. He's got some good PR people. But it seems like with him and Lamar Road, it's like, when, when did we stop? When did we start? When did we start celebrating the garbage people yeah. and giving them money and opportunities for bad behavior? <laughs> when know. did that become a quality that we rewarded in this country? Jersey Shore, I think, started it. Reality TV pretty much started doing this. Really insane. And uh, this made me laugh. You know, Fish, the band Fish, P P H I S H. Yes. It's uh, for those who don't know, it's sort of tangentially connected, I guess, to the uh, the Deadheads, right? The Walking yes. Dead fans, similar kind of music. Yes long jamming sort of uh yeah rock not my music not mine either but uh they have to uh change the plans for their big labor day weekend performance at dick's sporting goods park in commerce colorado it was supposed to be a big weekend event where they were going to play a show and all of their fans were going to come and camp out because that's what they like to do you yeah. know uh, the, the deadheads and the fish fans they like to go for the weekend and camp out and pretend it's woodstock all yeah. over again and live off the land well, they're no longer able to uh, camp out in the land surrounding that facility oh, no. because of the plague. <laughs> the bubonic plague yeah. is back? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Remember the Black Death yes. that decimated Europe in medieval times? Uh. Well, the plague is back. Apparently, the uh, prairie dogs who live in that part of the world have plague-infected fleas, and so for the safety of the campers, they're not allowing them to camp out so that they don't get a plague epidemic because you don't want the bubonic plague. That's a good move. To run rampant through the fish fans. That's, well, it depends on how you feel about fish fans, I, I suppose guess. so. And now the most important story of the week by far. Finally, get a little update on Operation Varsity Blues. I don't want your life. You know, next week, Lori Lachlan and her husband go into court. Oh, is this the trial starting? Uh, well, they have to appear in front of a judge next week. Oh. We'll see what happens. But sources are telling People Magazine that Lori Lachlan is sticking with her story that she thought the college bribe that she gave to get her daughters into USC was the same thing as donating a library, she says. Hmm. Now, that's just bullshit. Because when they said, can you dummy up some faked pictures of your daughter's rowing crew, which they don't do, so we can lie to the athletics department. Did you really right. think that was the same thing yeah. as making a donation to the library? <laughs> God damn it. Can you Photoshop some pictures of your daughter reading books? Yeah, can, can we just <laughs> falsify all the information? It's just like a donation. You know how people donate things when they lie and cheat. That's just like this donation. 
Oh, uh, turns out the family now is very nervous about what's going to happen. They next should week. be. They're you know, lying. she was the one who turned down the uh, the deal that other people yeah. took, and now they're saying that deal is off the table. That she uh, is going to do some time, but she says she wants her lawyer to present them with a new potential deal that would involve no jail time for her. Uh huh. She wants to do her time at home confinement with an ankle monitor. That's no. what they're going to offer the prosecution. And she's willing to pay a substantial fine. $2 million is her opening offer, what she'll pay. She's to trying to pay her this. way out of this. Again, just like the trouble that got God. her into this. Oh, I hope they don't give into that shit. If convicted on all counts, they could uh, be sentenced to as much as uh, 20 to 40 years in prison. They need to do some time. I, absolutely, they do. And I hope it happens because I will laugh and laugh <laughs> and laugh. <laughs> Today's celebrity birthday is all these stars born on this day. Howie Duro from the Backstreet Boys is 46 years old today. I know it's 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 cool to hate boy bands, and for the most part, their music is not mine. But I gotta say, I think this is a great song. Tell me why Eddie, you'll be happy to know that one of the founders of one of America's favorite bands celebrates a birthday today. His name is David Marks. Now, he's not well known because he was only on the first four albums of this beloved band, but he made a big impact for sure in their sound. One of your favorites, Eddie, the legendary Beach Boys. He was a guitarist <laughs> for the Beach Boys oh, in their first it. four albums. Oh, play it. He's now 71. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's summertime. Let's have some fun. What do you say? Grab your board, Eddie. <laughs> then everybody be served. <laughs> like California. Catch that wave. I'm good. Oh, I'm going to be over here. That's fun. Away right from the there. sand. Isn't that fun? No. Correspondent Steve Croft from 60 Minutes is 74 years old. Guitarist Vernon Reed of Living Color celebrates his 61st birthday. The cult of personality. The cult of personality. The cult of personality. Actress Cindy Williams from Laverne and Shirley turned 72. She was actually a very successful film star before she got into television. She had done American Graffiti. Oh, that's right. With George Lucas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She worked with Francis Ford Coppola in a film called The Conversation with Gene Hackman. She was excellent in that. And then uh, she took the role of Shirley Feeney, and that changed her life. My pal Kristen Wiig celebrates her birthday today, of course, from Saturday Night Live and Bridesmaids. She's 46 years old. Her first television gig was a show called The Joe Schmo Show, and I worked with her on oh, that. Really? And boy, even then, we all look at each other and go, well, this person should be a star <laughs> in everything. She's so good. Singer Roland Orzabal of Tears for Fears celebrates his 58th birthday today. Show, show, Singer Tori Amos also celebrates a birthday today. She is 56. One of my favorite singer-songwriters. She is so good. Kind of deep, but I got a thing. I got a weakness for female singer-songwriters. Never was a cornflake girl. Thought that was a good solution. Hanging with the raisin girls. She's gone to the other side. Giving us a yo-yo. Things are getting kind of gross And I go at sleepy time This is not really This, uh, this, uh, this is not really happening Ah, such a good tune. Oh, this is not going to make Steve Ashton happy. Late Late Show host James Corden is alive for another year. He is 41 <laughs> years old today. Keyboardist James DeBarge! The band DeBarge <laughs> celebrates his 56th birthday.
Guitarist Paul Doucette of Matchbox 20 celebrates his 47th. Actor Ty Burrell from Modern Family is 52. How good is he on that show, yeah, by the, the way? The whole cast is amazing. That, that's one of the best goddamn sitcoms ever on television. And I think people forget how good it is because it's been on for 11 seasons yeah. or whatever it is. Everybody got used to it. But the writing on that is so sharp and the performances are outstanding. And he's as good as it gets, yeah. really. 52 years old. And lastly, drummer Debbie Peterson of the Bangles is 58 years old. I think she is wildly underappreciated as a drummer. I can remember going to Bangles shows. I was a big Bangles fan back in the day, and uh, I just was so impressed by how hard driving her stuff was, like on this tune. Look around, leaves are brown, and the sky is a hazy shade of winter. In the salvation army plan, down by the riverside is bound to be a better ride than what you got planned. Carry you. Happy birthday, Debbie. That's it for all the celebrity birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the show biz beat. And of course, it is Thursday. And that means on Thursdays, we take a look at human sexuality by flinging open the doors of that esteemed institute of learning, Ralph Sex University. You don't know what to do. There's one man to help you through. He's a graduate of Now, the reason we're talking about CBT today is because earlier in the week on Monday's show, uh, we misspoke for the name of our friends, uh, Joe's Ice Cream yeah, Truck. CVT. CVT. Yes. We said CBT. My wife said, oh, no, that's cognitive behavioral therapy. And then there was a listener who said, wait a minute, there's something else that's CBT, too. Here's that call. Hey, Ralph. Paul, four-star general. Anyways, listen to Monday's show, and Carrie mentioned about CBT, and you saying it's something very different. Her saying it was cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, so for sex you, why don't you do what the other version of CBT is? Uh, it's just, want to hear any cringe about it, but <laughs> and every male take a cringe over it. But yeah, I think it might be a good one to, to cover since you already did, did the CBT. Might as well do the other CBT. Right. Anyways, love you. Mean it. Bye. Thank you so much, sir. CBT, as you can imagine, is shorthand in the S&M community for cock and ball torture. Mm. Now, look, some people like to get their ass spanked with a paddle. Mm -hmm. Some people like to get their back flogged, maybe, yeah. with a riding crop. Some people like to get their feet hit. So it's just like that. Uh -uh. Only in this particular mm -mm. case, it's the penis and the testicles taking the punishment. Oh, God. Now, why would someone like that? I don't know. Well, according to dominatrices know. in uh, New York City, CBT is quite often something that they get requested to do. Uh. Now, the, the thing is basically like any other form of bondage and discipline. It is a, uh, a mixture of giving up control. And these are also people whose wiring is a little bit different and they get pleasure from pain. While most of us just feel the pain, they actually get a pleasurable sensation from their pain center in their brain when they are wounded. Yeah. And so they like to feel pain in their particular area, which has to do with the testicles and the penis. Ugh. Now, how common is this? Well, it's hard to say exactly because there's not much scientific data on this, as you yeah. can imagine. But if you look at a website like FetLife.com, and FetLife is short for Fetish Life, and it is a dating service for people who are looking for a partner in the bondage discipline sadomasochistic masochistic world. Okay. Uh, if you look at those profiles... There are 55 roughly thousand members who are into spanking. And there are only about 1,400 members that are into nipple torture. Mm. <laughs> and cock and ball torture falls somewhere in the middle at about 16,500 members. So it's somewhere in between those two That's finishes. more popular than nipple torture? Very much so, okay. yes. So okay. it gives you an idea of where it falls. Not quite as popular as spanking, but certainly more than nipple torture. Now, how does it happen? What do you do? Well, it usually involves being bound and tied up. Oh. And then 
the uh, person who's administering the pain will engage in a variety of activities. These are some of the general ones. Squeezing. Mm -hmm. Someone grabbing their hands and wrapping it around the testicles and penis and then squeezing as hard as they can. That's a popular form of torture. Uh There is slapping with an open hand. Mm -mm. There's clothespins. Putting clothespins on that area. No, come on. There's biting. Uh, There's what they call abrasion play, which can be sandpaper. (laughs) Or or scratching with fingernails or uh, metal claws. Who would put sandpaper on their balls? Why would you put sandpaper on your balls? There's genital spanking using a uh, paddle or some implement. There's genital flogging, which uses a cat of nine tails or some other thing that is like a flogger with uh, Uh, leather straps. God. Genital piercing, no, which comes in no, very handy no, sometimes. No, There's tickle torture if you just want your genitals tickled. There's wax play where you pour hot wax all over the testicles and the penis, Eddie. Fuck. And then, of course, there's urethral play. No. Which involves We've been down taking this road. A, a metal bar <laughs> no. called a sound and inserting it into the urethra to stretch the diameter of the urethra. To the point of pain, which is the, the pleasure point. There's also electrostimulation. You can put electric shots through the penis and testicles. Or there's the most extreme form of this uh, sex play is what is known as, see if you can figure this out, groin kicking. <laughs> <laughs> it's where someone winds up, Eddie, when you're, uh, you're bound, spread eagle standing up, and, and someone just- winds up. And just kicks you right in the Fuck balls. You're teeing off on your nuts. Now, there's also devices that can be used in this form uh, of sexuality. No. There's the ball stretcher, mm. which is a what toy that is wrapped around the scrotum, and then you can attach various weights to You're going to rip it off, man. You're going to rip it off. To stretch the balls, creating a sensation of pain as you pull that down on the, uh, on the uh, scrotum. <sighs> but it, the good part is it's maintained there constantly throughout whatever activities oh, that are going on. thank God. That's the good part. Yeah, that's a good part. There's the ball crusher, which is a device that's either made from metal or clear acrylic that squeezes the testicles slowly by turning a nut or a screw once it's attached. So you can, Stop. You can, you can increase <laughs> the pressure Stop. as you go along. Uh, there's another device called the humbler. This keeps you humble because it straps around the scrotum, and then there's a bar that pulls it back behind your legs at the base of the uh, buttocks. Uh-huh. So you're bent over constantly. If you try to straighten up, that bar will pull on your scrotum and give you severe pain, so it keeps you humble. This by is keep- literally making me nauseous. By keeping <laughs> you bent making- over Ugh. at all times. There's a variety of cock harnesses, of course, and cock cages which keep you from uh, achieving an erection. Mm. There's one called the Gates of Hell, Eddie. These are all the Gates of Hell. Which is uh, made up of multiple cock rings. That'll keep your penis uh, not from getting an attention in any way. Uh, And my favorite is called Kali's Teeth, which is a metal bracelet that has interior spikes that closes around This is fucking out of a Saw movie, man. Fuck. And if you get a, an erection, you get punished because oh! your skin, <laughs> Why your skin, would you do that? Your skin gets pierced by the uh, the spikes on the inside of the Kali's teeth is the Who name the of that fuck? particular cock ring. Is... Now, here's the thing. If you're interested in trying any of these no, things. No, absolutely not. Go to a place called kink.com. They've got all of these types of things available in video format. So you can see if it's something that is, is for you. But I have to say, there are some safety warnings that come with this kind really? of play. Yes. Mm. Uh, there are some risks mm-hmm. involved. Uh, of course, anytime you bind the penis or balls, you are cutting off blood supply to those areas. And so that can be dangerous. And also by pulling, slapping, and kicking the uh, testicles, there are various injuries associated with this lifestyle, like testicular rupture, where you can actually uh, burst one of the testicles inside your scrotum. Uh, Testicular torsion, where the testicles and the vas deferens get wrapped around each other. No, 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 no. And in rare cases, testicular avulsion, where the testicles is actually pulled off of the body. <laughs> and in that case, you need to call 911 and immediately get some medical help. Oh, God. Or, I'm really getting like nauseous. Or this. contact Gary in Florida. <laughs> Gary will take care of you. He'll fix you. One stop shop. <laughs> oh, so that's the magical world of CBT. Eddie. Oh, what the fuck, man? And uh, you'll be happy to know if you come to the live show on September 21st, we'll be dis- demonstrating some of these devices, <laughs> particularly Kali's teeth. Uh, at the live show. So God damn it. Come on out. What, you're sweating. Yes, it's fucking 
awful. Just the hearing it is awful. Awful. <laughs> Who are we to judge, Eddie? That's Me, what I'm I am. Saying. It's awful. I'm judging it. It's awful. <laughs> Fucking terrible, man. That's today's sex university. Oh. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, oh boy. I'm, I'm, I'm hunched over. Well, you got a humbler on. That's <laughs> why. You can't straighten up. You're wearing one of those humblers. Fuck. Wasn't that fun, boys no. and girls? I hope the kids were listening. And uh, that oh. is today's The Ralph Report for a Thursday. What mm. fun we had. Come on back tomorrow. Even more fun, if you can believe it or not. It is a Friday. So we'll be taking a look at all of the new movies in the theaters this weekend. And finally, we're going to get a UK update from Steve Ashton, who's been working his little ass off there in Mexico this week. So he's been yeah. unavailable to us, but we're finally going to get uh, to check in with Steve. It's going to be a great show. Why don't you come on back, won't oh. you? Oh. And uh, before I go, I do want to say, you may have noticed the uh, the consistent quality of sound of the show recently. And I've talked about him before, but it struck me that I don't give him nearly as much credit. So I wanted to give a special shout out to Gilbert Flores, who has been uh, the intern here on the show and doing all of our audio and uh, putting the show together, just doing a brilliant job. Amazing. And, and I said, you know, it's been way too long since we gave Gilbert his due. So I did want to give Gilbert a shout out, too. Thanks so much, buddy. That's it for today's show. Love you. Mean it. Bye. <laughs>